0: This is It Was a Thing on TV. Total Red Man has ever
1: done something like this to me! It's a. Uh, time,
2: Ladies and gentlemen, I give you. The drags of
3: Humanity! Episode 179. Submission 1592. The Larry Bud Melman Centennial. Well. Guys, this month in July, we are celebrating the 100th birthday of one of the most unlikeliest people that ever became a celebrity. And we're talking about an old man in 1982 by the name of Calvert DeForest, who showed up on the first episode of Late Night with David Letterman to deliver this monologue right here.
2: Good evening. Certain NBC executives feel it would be a little unkind to present this show without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold a show featuring David Letterman, a man of science who sought to create a show after his own image without reckoning upon God. It's one of the strangest tales ever told. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you don't care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now's your chance to, well, we've warned you.
3: And little did we know in that cold open, he would go on to become an important part of Late Night with David Letterman and then eventually The Late Show with David Letterman when it moved to CBS.
0: And let's
3: just add a a fixture in television in the 80s and 90s. Yep. And it's like he
4: was basically, here you have this short, dumpy, impish old man. And he's just being simple. And everybody is resonating with it.
3: Oh, yes. It's like, here's this old guy who's on TV. And he's just doing the most ridiculous stuff on television. You just can't help but love it. You just he can't you just love this guy.
4: It's like you look at that sort of thing and what do you even say to him? Or what do you what do you even say about him?
3: But yeah, he would quickly become a regular on Late Night with David Letterman as Larry Bud Melman doing such things as Mr. Larry's toast on a stick and and Melman buses Oh, some of the great fake ads of all time. In fact, we'll play some Mr. Larry's Toast on a Stick for you right here.
2: What do you give that special guy or gal on Christmas Day? What do you give to say I think you're special in every way? <laughs> give the gift that folks love most. Give them all the gift of toast. <laughs> then Christmas morn they'll wait to see. Toast and more toast neath the tree. Hey, hey kids and moms, they make great stocking stuffers, and Junior's eyes will really light up when he sees this festive holiday tin. So Mr. Larry's is the gift to pick. But remember kids, don't eat the stick. Toast is all that you'll be needing. Wood can cause internal bleeding. Merry Christmas toast lovers. All right. right, let's let. Hey, 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 kids. If you like toast but hate to feel the bread between your fingers, then how about a snack that's easy and quick? Mr. Larry's toast on a stick. You won't hate the taste 'cause because it's flavor-free. It's a perfect snack for a guy like me. Just pop one in the toaster, press side down, and reach for the stick when it's nice and brown. Just think you may never have to touch your toast again. And remember, kids, Mr. Larry says don't eat the stick because wood splits can cause internal bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong! And that's the
3: great thing about these, all these Larry kids skits the laugh he makes. The forced laughter he makes at the end of each As sketch. if to say, that's the joke. ha
0: ha 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 Toast on a stick. It predated Ryan Stimpy's Powdered
3: Toast Man by eight years. Oh, man. Do you imagine if that was actually a thing? I'd eat it. What? Toast on a
4: stick or powdered
3: toast? Toast on a stick. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? I, I
4: would buy it. Yeah. Who never looked at a piece of toast and said, I wish I never had to touch this. By the way, special shout out to Don Giller.
3: Oh, yeah. Thank you very much, Don, for giving us that great They Took My Show Away from the last episode. Oh, by the way, Mike, you found something relating to They Took My Show Away, didn't you? Yeah. And I, it was in the Calvert De Forest book, wasn't it?
0: No. Uh, oh. Actually, I, th- this is something that if you're a Letterman fan and you don't have this, really, go to like a Half Price Books or a library or a book sale and buy it. This is actually a a book. It's it's called Late Night with David Letterman, the book. It was published in 1985. And there's basically, I don't want to say transcripts. It's basically a compilation of images and text from uh, different uh, skits that Letterman did over the first, I'd say, two to three years. And one of the first things I found here on page 19 is They Took My Show Away, an after-school special. I'm not going to get into it because you just heard this at the end of the last episode, but pretty much it's the entirety of that segment in image form along with the uh, the text, the, the I don't want to say the script, but the dialogue, let's say.
3: If you ever want to imagine what a late night with David Letterman skit would look like as a Doctor Who loose cannon reconstruction, there you go. That's your book. Best five ninety eight I ever spent. But of course, there was one classic Larry Bud Melman moment that we have to talk about from 1983. And we watched it in the prep before the episode where Larry was sent by Dave to the New York Port Authority bus terminal.
4: Was he doing a shoot for Melman bus lines? No.
3: no. He's oh. just talking to people, getting off the bus. And it's just so absolutely ridiculous. He, he's
0: he's like the one-person welcoming committee.
3: Yeah, he's like a one-person welcoming committee, he welcoming, is, he welcoming is. all these people on the bus from the Port Authority. Ride the bus. located at Forty Second Street and Eighth Avenue, and
1: he's standing by right now. Can we go to Larry at the Port Authority bus depot? There is the.
3: Well, all right. There's all the, the bus. <laughs>
1: passengers.
3: There's the bus terminal and uh boy look at the and, and look he's wearing a
4: he's wearing... he's wearing a welcome stash and he's got an nbc black mic and he has a tray of what appears to be moist towels yes but
3: look at what it says on the stash no welcome welcome no it does no, it's an n Nelcom. Oh, it's an n Nelcum. I thought
4: that was, like, some sort of uh, equipment that was uh, blocking out half of the W. No,
1: it says Nelcom. No and uh, and there's, there's Larry with the banner that says Nelcom. <laughs> <laughs> <And> <laughs> Larry, can you, can you hear me? Yeah. How are you? How are you, Larry? Fine. And uh, how is the uh, atmosphere there at the Port Authority Bus Depot?
2: Oh, it's just great. Uh-huh. We're waiting for the people to get off the bus. Yeah, what
1: What was the most recent bus arrival, Larry?
2: We haven't had any yet, but we have the bus driver.
1: You yeah, have a bus driver. There's have a bus driver. Let me ask you this, Larry. How is it you have no buses arriving, but yet you have a driver there?
2: Yeah, well, I guess he got in from uh, one of the other buses. <laughs> He's here. <laughs> Excuse me, what's your name?
1: Yeah, Peter yeah, that's, uh, that would have been my Did you hear that, no. David?
2: His name is Peter Webster.
1: I'm sorry, I didn't. His last okay, name is... just
2: a second. Your name? Peter Webster.
1: Peter Webster. Right.
2: And where, where were you coming from?
1: Hartford, Connecticut.
2: And how was the trip? Not bad. Oh, that's nice.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, but then it gets even more ridiculous when, he, when there's a random old lady that walks past... Into the shot, and Larry interviews her, and this is just gold. Here we go.
2: Oh, I have a person here. Hello there. How, welcome to New York, sometimes called Fun City.
3: <laughs> you know, Mike, I've lived in New York State all my life. Do you know how many times I've heard New York City referred to as Fun City? Do you want to take a guess?
0: I, I'm guessing the number may be one,
3: like right now. Yes, right now. That's the only time well, I've ever heard it referred to as Fun City.
0: <laughs> and we should also add that the sash does actually say welcome on it. The oh. the, the sash material. It it did say welcome if you looked at the, the video there. Okay. So, so, no, there wasn't a misspelling of, of welcome.
3: No. Oh. Okay. Anywho, <laughs> all right. Here's the comedy. Here we go. I'm your-
2: <laughs> where? Where are you from? From the eastern shore of Virginia. Oh, do you have any questions about New York? <laughs> <laughs> well, it isn't easy, that's for sure. Did you have a snack? <laughs> <laughs> well, won't you please?
3: Now, can we please describe for the audio listeners what we saw? I think what we saw was Larry Bud
0: Melman hitting on that passenger. Yeah, uh, but 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 even deeper. Uh, again, since Larry Bud Melman is the one person welcome wagon, he gave this uh, passenger uh, a, a warm towel, a, a nice warm, moist towel.
3: Yes, but the best part is when he's asking her questions. Like he gives, he hands the mic over to her face right before he ends the question. Yeah, that's why you don't
0: hear the audio too well at some points.
3: Yeah, which makes it even more funny. Just absolutely effing ridiculous. Oh my God. Oh. I could just imagine going to that bus terminal and just having all sorts of fun with Larry. Can you imagine? I I can imagine going to
0: that bus terminal now, and there's a big mural or a big sign saying, Welcome to Fun
3: City. (laughs) Welcome to Fun City. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I have another remote right here. It's from January 11th, 1984. Here's Larry at the Empire State Building. Ooh. That's a good place for a remote. Oh yeah, this is gonna be fun.
1: All over the planet come to New York City, and eventually they find their way up to the Empire State Building. And tonight we're going to meet a few of those folks and uh, chat with them.
2: (laughs) Hello and welcome to the Empire State Building. Sometimes called Big Rudy. Truly the greatest marvel of 20th century engineering as seen here depicted on this lifelike monitor. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is? Standing a full 1,250 feet above 5th Avenue. 102 stories of iron, steel, concrete, wood, aluminum and cotton pile. It is said to be the greatest achievement of modern man. It is only 204 feet shorter than Chicago's massive Sears Tower and only 1,350 feet shorter than the World Trade Center here in Manhattan. So at least it is the world's third tallest building. Unless you count the Trade Towers as two, then it's the fourth tallest, but it's still very big. In fact, it's safe to say it's one of the biggest man-made structures, and it's certainly taller than one of rock and Wikipedia tallest didn't exist, traditions. kids. James Taylor, who stands a meek. Oh, in, in my day
4: we had Larry Budnellman.
2: Ah, ha, 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 ha. Now let's meet some visitors. Oh. Did your ears pop on the way up? <laughs> What'd you have for lunch? <laughs> pizza I had any pet peeve <laughs> no, <I don't> <laughs> Well, here's an interesting fact about the world's third or fourth tallest building. <laughs> third or fourth. I see you are wearing a shirt. That's an amazing coincidence. Because among the tenants in this building are more than 300 makers of shirts. Neckwear, sportswear, nightwear and underwear. All their representatives Won't you please, please enjoy a hot towel?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Larry's using like those torques he used to get food off a plate at the. Yeah, he's
4: also using those uh, trays that are likewise used in cafeteria. (laughs)
0: Yeah, like warming trays, yes. And he's, warming, de- tra- he's
4: using warming trays and a pair of tongs to deliver hot towels. That's class.
3: Oh, it is. Yeah, I'm
0: just glad he's asking the important questions like, did your ears pop on
3: your way up? Did you? Well, it could have happened. It really could have. No, I, I oh, I've like, been on enough last, lights. Yeah, last year, I
4: was I was in the Willis Tower. I went up to the little sky window thing. You guys saw the pictures. My ears popped. Some would argue that my ears haven't been the same since.
3: Well, well in addition to Larry Bud Melman, sometime around nineteen eighty four to nineteen eighty eight, Larry had another character called Kenny the Gordoner. So we're going to play one of this right here. This is just ridiculous. could have prepared us for the outpourings of love and
1: affection our viewers, and particularly small children, have showed on this new showered, rather showered on this new character. Requests for the theme song alone have run in the tens of thousands. <laughs> so without further ado, Kenny the Gardener. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Kenny, Kenny the gardener is here, bringing us plants and good cheer, yeah, Kenny, you know love's a crazy game, you can fertilize plants, but you can't water your heart, role, making it work, working it out, it yeah.
3: He's got a wheelbarrow full of flowers.
2: Hiya, 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 Mr. Letterman.
1: Well, hi there, Kenny. Uh, Hang on just a minute, uh, Kenny. By the way, that's the longest introduction I've ever seen. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the characters portrayed in this sketch represents only a tiny portion of America's gardeners, the large majority of whom are hard-working, patriotic citizens and an asset to our great nation. All right. Uh, Kenny, uh, did you have a nice weekend? What? I said, did you have a nice weekend, Kenny? I
2: sure did, Dave.
1: Well, nice to hear that. Why don't you tell us all about it? Well,
2: let's see. Saturday, got out of bed about nine. Mm -hmm. Got dressed, brushed my teeth, shaved, had a brand muffin, read the paper. Uh Went to the hardware store, bought some two-inch nails, some copper tubing, Uh and a hose. Then on the way home, suddenly the emptiness of my mundane life came crashing down upon me like a sack of potting soil. Uh Suddenly, all the usual everyday surroundings started to take on an eerie, menacing glow. Uh And in a few minutes, moments... I was so overcome by a sense of hopelessness and despair, I was on the verge of taking my own life.
1: <clears throat> and uh, that's, that's your idea of a nice weekend?
2: Sure. Well, then I had a nice cool root beer and felt much better.
1: Oh, that's good.
2: Is <laughs> there for a gardening tip A today. gardening tip? Sure, we'd love a gardening tip, okay. Kenny. Okay. Don't throw away that used Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Chop up the pieces and spread them around your yard for an effective and eye-catching mulch. Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this advice,
2: now, uh, Kenny, uh, tell me, how's your brother? Well, you know Charlie, always another get-rich-quick scheme.
1: Boy, that's Charlie all
0: over.
2: <laughs> Last week he thought he saw the image of Elvis in a grilled cheese sandwich. Uh-huh. He'll never make a dime off that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, well, Alright, Kenny, uh, as always, you you've left us totally mystified. How about a song?
2: Oh sure. We're <laughs> gonna hear a song now, awesome.
3: This is doing great.
2: Time to stop your scheming. Time your day was through. Can't you hear the bugle softly say?
0: I need to add that opening montage. Yeah, that may have been the most like energetic and enthusiastic I've ever seen Larry Bud Melman. Oh yeah. Oh, his his personality really came out in that montage and those the those snapshots in the open of that.
4: I love that song at the end, though. I need uh, somebody to sing that song to me at the end of my day. Well, just, God- just to, you know, bring me back down. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, that first question he uh, answered, I think we all can relate to that.
3: Yes. Well, guys, speaking of questions, did you know that Larry had his own advice segment on Late Night with David Letterman? But we should probably
4: say he's not a lawyer.
3: No, he's not. It's called Ask Mr. Melman. I want to see what these people would actually ask him. Well, we're gonna find out. Thank you so much.
1: Isn't that a uh, isn't that a swell band? Aren't they? Uh... Uh, coming up uh, tomorrow on our program, actress Heather Thomas will Ooh, be here.
3: Heather Thomas. <laughs>
1: And uh the poor and man's Lockley, Heather Lockley. And also Bud Wentz will be here tomorrow. That's Bud Wentz. B u d w e n t z. Bud Wentz from the New York Hall of Science. Oh. Where, where Batman used to live, wasn't it? Uh, and now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time once again for a very popular segment on this program. It's Axe Mr. Melman. Now here are the rules for tonight's proceeding. Mr. Melman appears courtesy of Atlantic Records, where he is currently waxing their lobby. The opinions expressed by Mr. Melman are not necessarily his own. He gets most of them from things he overhears in the steam room. Home viewers are advised that this segment will be over in approximately five minutes. We'll see you then. And finally, remember, Mr. Melman is an attorney. Ladies and gentlemen, Larry
0: Bud Melman. Oh, he is an attorney this episode. Oh, yeah.
4: Must be a later episode because we have the
1: new
2: look. Yeah, from '87. A hearty good evening to my wonderful, wonderful television family. I'm Larry Bud Melman. I'm here to answer your questions about personal problems, money problems, and affairs of the heart. So let's get started.
1: Larry, you know, I, I couldn't help but notice that you're not wearing your flowing caftan tonight. <laughs>
2: No, no more flowing caftan. I saw a tape of my last appearance, and I look like an idiot. (laughs) Why didn't someone say something to me? I don't want anything like that to ever happen again. Now, let's have the first question. Okay, thanks, Larry. So you're steamed about that caftan
1: thing, huh? Well, uh, I don't blame you. Who has the uh, first question tonight for Mr. Melman? Hi, what's your name, sir? Dave Pascal. Stand up, Dave. Where are you from? I'm from Save Long Island. Where? Save Long Island. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, you Go to school out there? You work out there, or both? I go to school up in Hyde Park. I see. And what yeah, are you studying? I
2: have to be a chef at the Culinary
1: Institute. Oh, good. That sounds like a lot of fun. Oh yeah. You have a uh, You have a question tonight for uh, Mr. Melman?
4: Yeah, Larry. I just wanted to know. <laughs> I had a uh, class today at the Culinary, and I made a consommé. Oh, consommé. It just didn't come out quite clear. I had a lot of trouble. The chef was yelling and everything. To tell me what
1: to do about it. His problem that? is he had cloudy consomme, yeah. Larry.
2: <laughs> That's what I could do. David, you want a suggestion about your consomme? Oh, yeah. I've got a suggestion for you. <laughs> Put it down the drain. <laughs> People want something <laughs> to stick to their ribs, something with big chunks of beef and potato. Americans didn't clear the wilderness and tame a continent with their bellies full of consomme. <laughs> Sit down, hey, if he or waited 30 America years, they would show him how to make it on gum. YouTube. <laughs> Bob Brody, please give this nice person 100 packs of gum. <laughs> 100 <laughs> packs <paires> of gum!
0: <laughs>
1: we, uh, <laughs> who's next for it? Hi, how are you? Nice to see you. What's your name? Grace Capuano. Grace, nice to have you here. Where do you live? Staten
4: Island.
1: And you work out there? Work I go in the to city. School. Where do you go to school? Saint John. What do you study?
3: Education. Uh huh.
1: And you're going to be what? Teacher. A teacher. Good for you, Larry. Uh, by the way, try and get a breath for some of these answers. What, what is your question?
3: What will Prince Edward do
2: now that he's been kicked out of the Royal Navy? I think
1: he left. I don't think he was kicked out, was he? Didn't he just leave? Packed it in and left. He left. He left the Royal Navy, uh, Larry.
2: Oh, what a pity. <laughs> Wait
1: a minute. Is, the, is that on the cards? <laughs> Stick to the cards, okay? <laughs>
3: keep, keep it to the key, Larry. You take your
2: two-bit opinion somewhere else, pal. <laughs> All right, Gracie, I know what you've heard, and it's true. He's staying on the couch at my place. <laughs> He's a young man with a lot of things to sort out, but he makes a damn fine picture of Rob Roy's and always answers the phone politely, which is more than I can say for that sponging King Olaf and his screaming brats. <laughs> Bob Rooney, please give this nice person 100 Thank you These are dumb, dumb. <laughs> thank you. That's it? Okay. Uh, We're going to do a
1: commercial.
3: We'll be right
4: back with Tempest. Oh, <laughs> And if you stick around, I'll introduce you to Tempest
3: Bledsoe. I love the fact that, okay, in, after every question, Larry says to one guy, please give this person something. Like, one thing we watched before we started the show was, please give this man two t-shirts. Not one t-shirt. Two t-shirts. Two t-shirts.
0: Yeah, and that is the question Greg had. Why does anybody need two t-shirts?
3: Maybe they're different we'll sizes. Dirty. Who knows?
0: Yeah, who knows?
3: But 100 packs
0: of gum? Really? That's useful, though.
3: Yeah, I guess. Not, not
0: saying a shirt isn't. 100. Well, it depends. Depends What size is
4: the shirt?
3: Well, guys, did you know that Larry Bud Melman was on Hollywood Squares? Shh. <laughs> Stop it. I I knew he was,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, he was
4: on that week with New Edition, wasn't he?
3: Yes, he was on with New Edition. Uh, I love New Edition, but you know what, guys? I don't love New Edition as much as I love Wings. I have to say that.
4: Well, New Edition is my 80s slash late 90s musical Wings.
3: Okay. Well... Would you believe they actually let Larry Bud Melman host Tommy Wood Squares for a segment in nineteen eighty-six?
0: You have the receipts, don't
3: you? Oh yes. Are you ready for this?
0: Well well, they let Alf host for a segment, so yeah, why not Larry Bud Melman?
3: Yeah, let's see how he does here. Here we go. Honey!
2: again to the Hollywood squares <laughs> hello squares what a good looking group you are <laughs> hello John Davidson Hello, you, well it's so good to see you back on the show how is Karen Valentine <laughs> 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 oh now let's get our contestants.
4: that hair though let's
2: meet our contestants. Oh, yeah. on my right is Bruce Furman on <laughs> uh, my left is Ruth Swiglow. How are you? Good. Nice to see you again. <laughs> the object of the game is simply to win tic tac toe. Three squares across, down or diagonally, or to acquire as many squares as you can. The winner of each game will receive $500 in cash. And whoever wins the most money at the end of the show will have a chance to drive away in one of these beautiful Toyotas. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, check
4: those Toyotas out.
2: Let me tell you, there's nothing like a spiffy new sled to impress the babe. <laughs> 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 Remember, the way you earn the square is by determining if the celebrity is giving a correct answer. What a fun show we're going to have. <laughs> and we'll be right back after these messages.
3: <laughs> Bye. And the best part is they show during this segment the Q Corinth he's reading. Yep. And of course, red means action.
4: Black are the words you're supposed to say.
3: But he's because reading. this is
4: 1986 and that's the way things go. <laughs>
0: I still want to know who the heck that pudgy celebrity is. It just said pudgy.
4: Pudgy. just said pudgy.
0: Look look, look at it. They showed uh, the the grid of of celebrities, and in the bottom center uh, square, it said pudgy. Who the heck or what the heck is pudgy?
4: I have no idea. All I know is, I was looking at the center square, Gladys Knight was in the center square, because this was season one, and they didn't know where they were going to go with this.
3: Yeah, because this was, like, November 86, so...
4: Yeah, like, having Larry Bud Melman as host for the, uh, for the November 6th show, or at least the November 6th Open, that was about as daring as it got back then.
3: Oh, but would you believe, guys... That Larry Bud Melman had a cameo in the 1987 comedy horror film My Demon Lover, where he played Man in Hell Food Store, where he drops dead in a scene. What? No, I'm not kidding. But guys, you're not gonna believe this. All right, while doing my research on this segment, I found out that in the movie, do you know who plays the female love interest? In My Demon Lover, it's somebody who we've talked about recently within the last two months. Jennifer Holmes. No. The actress who plays the female love interest in My Demon Lover is... Michelle Little from The Return of the Shaggy Dog. I'm sorry, what? I'm not kidding. Okay. Okay. I expected something more shocking than You'd be uh, against- No,
4: no, no. Did you not notice the faces I was making and the pause in sort of inflection in my voice saying I have no idea how to react to this?
3: No idea how to react to this at all. Oh, but, you know, guys, in addition to... <laughs> Did you know that Larry Bud Melman had... His own VHS tape, uh, among other things. Yes, he had a VHS tape that spoofed the workout craze of the 1980s, called "I Do Remember This." And this is a future entry in and of itself, Larry Bud Melvin's Couch Potato Workout, where it's basically <laughs> exercise, but we're too fat. And then you just eat stuff while working out on the couch. Breathe. Breathe, Craig. Breathe. Oh, my God. This is, like, some of the most ridiculous crap I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my God.
0: Oh, and I do have an answer as to who Pudgy is. Oh, okay. That's great. Uh, I, apparently, Pudgy was a stand-up comic. Uh, she was uh, apparently like a New York City legend of sorts. Oh. Yeah, uh, used to appear all the time on the Mike Douglas show, Merv Griffin. Yeah, and not with us any longer. Uh, At the time of her death, uh, she was uh, starring at uh, a show at the Flamingo Hotel in Vegas. Oh.
3: Well, that's unfortunate. Okay, well, one time, there was this great moment with Larry where they actually the the show sent him to uh, t- on an RV and it was a Pan-American Goodwill tour where the whole goal was to send him on an RV from New York to the Post tip of South America in Tierra del Fuego. I think where is that? Is that down like in Chile or something? Uh, yeah. Tierra
4: del Fuego, I believe that is uh, like Argentina.
3: That's like Argentina, yeah. Oh my god! Well, yeah, they would have like Larry do updates to Dave, but since it was like 1988, there's like no such thing as like Zoom or whatever. So he has like a picture phone to show where he is, and this is like incredible. Hold on a second. I believe that uh, tonight he's
1: somewhere in uh, Mississippi. Uh, They left a week ago, and their ultimate goal is down here, the southernmost tip of Argentina, in Tierra del Fuego. That's right. Say it with me. Tierra del Fuego all right we understand uh mr deforest the gifted actor who portrays larry bud Melman on this program is on the line right here let me see if this is him hello uh calvert uh, is this you how are you just fine Uh, all right calvert i tell you what we have this little picture device we're going to set it up so we can take a take a look at you now the last time we spoke with you where were you uh (laughs) lexington kentucky there you go and and that was a few days ago and i asked you not to shave have you been shaving
2: no, Dave. All but right. I would like to ask a favor. What's that? The beard itches like crazy. Can I get rid of it? When I go into a hotel, they think I'm crazy with the beard.
1: Yeah, it makes no difference with or without the beard. You're going to have this problem the rest of your life. <laughs> now, so now, uh, let's. We, we 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 want a picture. So uh, get ready and send us a picture. All right. Uh-huh. Okay. Picture coming here. We'll get a look at the Calvert DeForest. This amazing device. Look at that 1988
0: technology. <laughs>
1: wow, that that is some beard. <laughs> that's that Calvert. That's grown in three days.
2: Yes, David.
1: I <laughs> would like to get rid of it. Sort of David. hideous hormonal. Element. That looks
4: like the kind of TV you'd get at a Montgomery <laughs> Ward's. What's it doing uh, sending Calvert, pictures? Uh,
1: where are you exactly? We're in Jackson,
2: Mississippi. Uh,
1: and who are those? Uh...
2: hundred miles
1: outside of New York. I see. And who are those people behind you?
2: Uh, Rick Hotzog, who Uh is the count executive at WLBT, Uh his wife Debbie, son Neil, and daughter Katie.
1: Yeah, and and why have they let you into their home?
2: To do the interview. (laughs)
1: What interview? (laughs) Are you having cocktails,
2: Calvert? Not at the moment, David. No, I'm very sober. Uh, now, how is everyone
1: getting along on the trip? I know you're traveling with a driver and a couple of friends and some people from the show. How how is the mood? What's the morale like?
2: The mood is very good, David. Morale uh-huh. is very high. Uh, so
1: far, everyone's getting along. There hasn't been any petty bickering, no arguments. No, n-
2: nothing at all, David.
1: No, no feuding.
2: No feuding or fighting.
1: Uh-huh. Are you telling me the truth, Calvert?
2: David, would I ever lie to you?
1: Well, I don't know. Now, you, you, what time are you going to cross the border? How soon can we look forward to that?
2: Well, we're going to be in Texas on Tuesday. Uh-huh.
1: And how have you been spreading goodwill? Oh, let's
2: see. Well, at <laughs> the different places we've been staying, people have been coming out and meeting me and asking about the show. Uh-huh. And no, that, that To be remembered to you.
1: <laughs> oh, good. Thank you very much. You're but, welcome. Now, you got to make time. We, we want you in Mexico uh, the middle of next week. We'll be in
2: Laredo, Texas on Tuesday, David
1: uh okay uh, and then you cross into the uh, across the border then uh
2: yes david
1: uh, all right well you is everything all right
2: everything's fine david except i still want the beard taken
1: off no no you leave the beard on you look great
2: <laughs> yes david
1: okay <laughs> thank you very much uh, calvert good luck You're so
3: And it was like an epic disaster. <laughs> so much so that, spoiler alert, he didn't reach Tierra Del Fuego.
0: Well, I just wonder, I, I don't think he could do the, uh, the the photos like he did, the pictures. Uh, now, Chico, I think, was talking about that phone. Remember, back in like 87, 88, they did offer those video phones where if both people had these phones... You could send pictures to each other, albeit you saw how slowly it filled in.
4: Oh yeah. Uh, yep. Did Panasonic make those?
0: Well, it did say Panasonic, but also, again, just uh, because geekery needs to be involved in here, they gave away those phones at least on Classic Concentration.
3: Yes, they did.
0: Oh really?
4: I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't like sat down and watched an episode of Classic Concentration since last year when they were doing the sort of. Run where it was like loud sweater Friday, you know.
0: Well, yeah, they had that technology, and uh, obviously that didn't work. But hey, you know, if it wasn't for that technology, we wouldn't have the technology we're using nowadays. Oh, no, that we wouldn't is. Wouldn't
4: have true. the technology we're using right now.
0: But but also, I think another issue would be when he got down to South America. Do they have the same uh, electrical outlets as we do, or would he need a converter? He would need probably a need convert. converter, I'd assume. He yeah, would need so th- th- that would be problematic. Plus, Also, I could only imagine how much the long-distance tolls from, say, Rio or, or Buenos Aires or where have you in, in uh, South America, how expensive would it would be just to send that one photo.
3: By the way, we do have a clip of Dave on later with Bob Costas explaining what a disaster this whole thing was with the Pan-American Goodwill tour with Larry. So here we go. You're going to play that, right? Yeah. We had a, uh, an
1: idea to send Larry on a – I guess the idea was originally – are we about out of time, yeah, by we're the not, way? Yeah, we're just, we're just going. We're just going. <sighs> are you getting bored now, Dave? No, I'm just tired of hearing myself talk. Uh, America clamors for this. I find that difficult to believe. Uh, We were going to send him across country on a bus or something. And then uh, Steve O'Donnell, our head writer, said, why don't we send him uh, to South America like a a Pan-American goodwill tour and he would phone in various reports. And we all thought that this was a a, a lovely idea because there would be Larry down there maybe with a a phone uh, report two (laughs) or three times a week and just see how he was responding to various cultural influences and uh the, the thing just from the very beginning w- was uh, a debacle they left on a friday night and in a big uh, mobile home with a, a, a plywood sign affixed to the side of the mobile home and they're uh, they're blowing down the new jersey turnpike at about 60. and aerodynamics being what they are this huge plywood sign is wrested from the side of the vehicle and goes sailing through the night down the highway behind them uh they pulled over and, and phoned the show and said, we, we think we may have decapitated some people. This is like 45 minutes into his Pan American Goodwill tour. Uh, and nothing ruins Goodwill like highway mayhem. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, and A few yeah. deaths early establish yeah. a tone that's hard to overcome. It really is. It stays on your record. And then from that, it just got to be, it was silly. It was like Larry thought that the purpose of this trip was a vacation for him, and would we please stop bothering him? (laughs) And and it just gradually,
4: I mean, you could almost... You were pulling him out of the lounge, he was there with babes and stuff? Uh,
1: (laughs) not, well, we could have lived with that, but uh, it was, uh, (laughs) (laughs) we we would talk to Larry on the phone and it would be like uh, um, insurgents had burst into his hotel room and clubbed him to near (laughs) death. I mean, he just had no spirit, no enthusiasm, no energy. And you say, Larry, it's it's a show. Just for eight seconds on the phone, pick it up a little bit. No, nope. and every time we call him he wanted to come home.
4: I, I think his finest moment out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nothing not, sort of a disaster.
3: He thought it was a
4: vacation for him. <laughs> this is why you teak tabs on your people, people. <laughs>
3: Well, guys, who could forget over the years the legendary 1-800-COLLECT commercials that Larry Bud Melman did over the years?
4: Of course, this would be around the time where he was starting out, appearing on The Late Show with David Letterman. And interesting story behind that. We'll get to that momentarily, but let's play some ads.
3: Oh, hey, Mike, you're going to love this. This is an ad featuring Ed O'Neill. Are you ready for this? Oh, yes. Right, here we go. Phone patrol from 1-800-COLLECT.
2: Attention,
0: citizens! I've got big news! 1-800-COLLECT is now 10 cents a minute every evening! Whoa,
2: 10 cents a minute? That's cheap! Yep, 1-800-COLLECT, you'll save so much you can buy a new hairstyle, sonny! I never thought collect calling could be so inexpensive!
4: (laughs) Isn't
1: saving money fun? 1-800-COLLECT, 10 cents a minute every evening.
3: Man, 1-800-COLLECT. Those were the days Those were the days <laughs> oh. Yep. oh Here's one with Larry as a life gourd. Okay Here we go
2: <laughs> I am not a role model oh. I am not paid to be a role model I am a spokesperson no, I am paid to extol the benefits of 1-800-collect
3: <laughs> Yeah you are that was obviously okay. a parody of the Charles Barkley. I'm not a role model.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say that. And if you saw the date on that, it was 1995, and that was right about the time Charles Barkley did that when he first went to the
3: Suns.
4: Yep. And by the way, to this day, Charles Barkley
3: is still not a role model. Oh no, especially terrible. when he terrible. when he watched TNT. Oh, hey, a couple weeks ago we were talking about Andy Richter at the 1995 spring training for the replacement players. Did you know that Larry Bud Melman was a replacement player in 1995? Come again for Big Budge. Despite
2: eight, going eight, old for 56 as a replacement player, as well as committing 37 errors, people ask if I'm disappointed that the strike is over. For me, just showing everyone how much money could be saved by dialing 1-800-COLLECT. That was the opportunity of a lifetime.
3: (laughs) 37 errors. Could you imagine that? 37 errors.
4: 0 for 56 record.
3: And
0: still better than Angel Hernandez.
3: Oh, still better than Angel Hernandez.
0: And don't worry, I'll have, a, I'll have some speaks with that home plate umpire after the
4: game. Ooh. You know what? His on-base percentage is perhaps miles better than Gleyber Torres right now.
3: <laughs> oh, Anyone could be better than Gleyber Torres. <laughs> OVP right now on the Yankees. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I hey, went you- there. Hey. I said what I
4: said, and I said it with my whole chest.
3: We've already shown Larry at various remotes over the years. We talked about him at the bus terminal and at the Empire State Building. But did you know that they would even have Larry Bud Melman reporting live remotes at political conventions? So here we go. Oh, I could
0: definitely see that happening.
3: Yes. I can see that actually. Well, here's Larry Bud Melman at the nineteen ninety two Republican National Convention at the Houston Astronome.
1: We're ready to go back down to Houston, ladies and gentlemen. On the program tonight, James Woods is here, uh, Carol Leefer and Sister Carol. Larry, can you hear me in the Astrodome there in Houston, Texas, on the floor of the Republican National Convention? Go ahead, Larry.
2: Larry Bud Melman reporting live from the Republican Convention. And I have a confession to make? I have a crush on Pat Buchanan.
1: Okay, well, <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what that has to do with the proceedings, but thank you very much, Larry, for sharing that with all of North America. Larry? 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> there, there's some trouble again down there in, in Houston. Okay. With our old friend Larry. <laughs> okay, Back now Norman I got for enough great, great, <laughs> <laughs> another great moment from... Larry, Larry at the in Houston, Texas. Larry,
2: can you give us an idea? Larry, can you give us an idea? Hello, Dave. This no. is Larry Bucknellman, reporting from the Republican convention. You won't believe this, but moments ago, Leslie Stahl from CBS News came over and pinched me on the ass. <laughs> <laughs>
4: She would. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh. Oh. oh geez. And and also we should add a little bit over a year later, where would uh Dave and, and company end up? On CBS with yep. Leslie Stahl.
4: Oh, oh yeah.
3: What?
4: Okay, that's what we call in this business a segue.
3: So we had Larry Bud Melman do the first segment on the cold open and late night with David Letterman in 1982. So here's the cold open from the first late show with David Letterman on CBS from
4: 1983. Before you play it, we have to explain uh, uh, something here, because NBC insists that Larry Bud Melman was their intellectual property, so they could not use the Larry Bud Melman name on CBS's late show.
3: No, they'd had to refer to him by his real name of Calvert DeForest. Yes. Well, here's the opening.
2: This is CBS.
3: There we go. There it is. He just came out of the CBS eye. The
0: first moment Letterman was on CBS, that was the thing of beauty.
3: Yep. <laughs> This is CBS.
0: This is CBS!
4: He just stood there. I was waiting for him to laugh or something, but he just stood there.
0: You know, we talked about Larry Bud Melman creating his own video, uh, or at least starring his own video, his, his couch potato exercise video. Did you know he was also an author?
3: I did know this. Because, as a matter of fact, Mike, on Don Giller's YouTube channel, He's plugging the book on Tom Snyder's CNBC show because, and here's a fun fact, Calvert DeForest was the last guest on Tom Snyder's CNBC show.
0: Oh, no, I didn't know that. That's cool.
3: I didn't know that either. I did not know that until today.
0: Well, I have a copy of that book, as you guys can see in our uh, video chat. It is called Cheap Advice. A Guide to Low-Cost Luxury by Calvert DeForest, the guy who played Larry Bud Millman. And it actually even says that uh, at the bottom, the guy who played Larry Bud Millman. So they can at least acknowledge him as that uh, in the book, uh, obviously not on uh, on, uh, on CBS. And, well, it's interesting, uh, you know, they, they use that name. Uh, you mentioned the uh, NBC Intellectual Property, but they allowed it on this book, or at least they, they got a buy on this book. I, I don't know. Uh, it was uh, published in late 1994, December, 1994. And uh, there's just a bunch of uh, humorous uh, uh, tidbits as to how, again, a cheap advice, a guide to low cost luxury, getting rich, health and fitness, travel, show business, Romance, crime and punishment, art, public speaking, school, and just general advice. Would you like a sampling of some of his advice?
3: Yes, I would. I would love a
4: sample of some of his advice.
0: All right. I'll give you some good TV movie ideas and then some bad TV movie ideas. A good TV movie idea. Country Western singer's abusive marriage ends in murder-suicide. Okay, I could buy that. Hideously painful, incurable epidemic sweeps through big city housing project. Bush administration conspiracy blamed. I'm not going for a COVID joke. Two young boys from broken homes change the world for the better while learning to stand on their own. High priest call girls turn the tables on international drug cartel. Obsessed fan stalks and slays popular soap opera star, then lands a role on the same soap opera. Cindy Crawford's Sex Diary. Those are good TV movie ideas. Now, do you want the bad ones? Yes. All right. I I don't even know if I'm going to get through this first one. Richard Pryor's Barbecue Secrets. Like I said, Richard Pryor's Barbecue Secrets. The County Sewer Commission approves a $9 million rural development project. A cute little duck swims around in a pond for two hours. Oh, boy. Asian family arrives in America, works very hard in small neighborhood shop. They save their money and move from a crime-infested city to a safe suburb. Kids do well in school. Guy wins lottery and handles newfound riches with dignity and intelligence. B. Arthur's sex diary. <laughs> oh oh and, God! And, and Greg, Greg, I need to show you the image for this. Oh, they, they, they have a picture of of uh, uh, of Calvert DeForest for the good TV movie ideas, and it looks like he's wearing like a white T shirt and and and. Uh, and slacks in the uh, the good TV movies uh, movie ideas. In the bad ones, I seriously think this might be the predecessor to Ango Gablogian.
4: Oh God!
0: Oh Jesus! Oh. I'm, I'm gonna move right up I there can so Kevin's
3: face. <laughs> he might be Ango Gablogian's <laughs> long lost brother.
0: That's why I said I think this is the. The predecessor to Angle Gabogian. Oh,
3: boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus.
0: Okay, so, so there's some of your cheap advice from a cheap book. Not even doing uh, non-Ebay prices right. List price was $8.99. I got it for $2. Where'd you find it? You know, that's a good question. I don't recall if I found this at a, uh, a bookstore Um at a chain that was around here back in the 90s, or it wasn't half price books. It doesn't have a half price books tag on it. I really don't remember where I bought it, but it must have been sometime around 95, 96. So obviously these weren't really flying off the shelves at that time. It may Mm. have been like a closeout bookstore for all I know. Probably. But it's been in this household for over 25 years. So there you go.
3: Hey, do you want to imagine... Calvert to Larry Bud Melman at Woodstock in 94.
0: Well, yes, oh, yes, no, I do. Oh, no. Yes, yes, I do.
3: Yes. Well, there had to be
0: something entertaining at Woodstock 94.
3: Uh, <laughs>
4: it's No, you're thinking of Woodstock 99.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the one that's going to be featured on an HBO documentary real soon. Okay, here we go. August 12, 1994, Woodstock. The original Woodstock in upstate New
1: York, and we do have live reports from that site right now with our good friend Calvert DeForest. Hal, do me a favor, turn on the big CBS satellite. Let's go live now to Saugerties, New York, for our Woodstock report with our old friend Calvert DeForest. It's- Calvert!
2: Hello. Calvert, can you hear me? Yes. How are things at Woodstock? They're wonderful. We have big crowds. We have great weather. It's fabulous. Have you seen anybody naked yet? Only one naked man, that was it.
1: And where exactly did that take place, Calvert?
2: That took place on the grounds. (laughs) <laughs>
1: all right. Not up here. Let me, let me ask you something, Calvert. Is it, is it more than a music concert? What was that, Dave? Is it, is it a three-day festival of peace and love? Yes, Dave. All right. <laughs> now, we want you to give us reports all night long as to what's going on. Can you do that? I think
2: so. All right. Start with your little report right now, and we'll come back to you later. Let's hear it. All right. This is G Forest, yeah, I live from Woodstock. Right. I don't have much to report right now. <laughs> I just spent the last four hours trapped in a port of sand. Okay. There okay, it is. Live from Woodstock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God.
0: Oh. I think what amazes me is he would have been about 73 at that time.
3: Oh, yeah. 73. But I guarantee you, all the kids, they loved Calvert DeForest.
0: Well Well, again, as we said, he was like a, a cultural icon for that decade from like 82 to well, beyond 92 or 93, but yeah, people would know who he is.
3: They'd know him probably mostly as the 1-800-collect guy at that time. Oh, yeah. I think he actually did a
4: Clio Awards one year. Oh, my God! As the 1-800-collect guy. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'd have to look.
3: Oh, yeah. And I'll play it here. He had a cameo in the 1993 Alex Winter-Randy Crane Classic Freak, which I'll play right here for you, because I played it in the 2020 year-end review special to tease 2021. So I might as well include it here.
2: Boy, I haven't seen a Stampskees like this since the opening night of star
3: Anyway. Here's, here's some more of Calvert at Woodstock. Are you ready? Here we go.
2: This is Calvert DeForest reporting live from Woodstock. I can tell you from her sand experience the brown acid is too bad. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, and here's one that I remember very well. They actually sent Calvert to the 1996 World Series between the Yankees and the Braves. (laughs) So you ready for this?
4: I am always ready to see the Yankees on this show. Now,
3: you you see,
0: this is the year, 95 and 97, the Indians were in the World Series. They weren't in this year. This might be a little tough for me to swallow.
3: Yeah, but they did beat Baltimore. Oh, yeah. Which which, who eliminated you. So you got to take some solace in that. Yeah. Mm. let's mm. see
4: calvert de with the yankees at the world series in 1996
3: yeah
1: you know our uh our correspondent down there in atlanta calvert DeForest. look at this is a copy of the uh, washington post what a rag and uh <laughs> <laughs> right there on the cover of the sports so there's oh, look, Man- at oh there's look at that
4: there's <laughs> calvert hugging... he's hugging joe tory on the cover of Washington Post. That's nice.
0: That's That's great, and that's a big picture. It's not like a little image. That well,
4: they have to take a big picture because covered the forest is so tiny.
0: Well, I I get well, I get that, but I'm talking about compared to what you usually see in newspapers. That's below the fold, so that's over half the page is that picture.
3: Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Pretty good, huh? Yeah. Last
1: night. In Atlanta, uh, after the game, they, uh, they announced their engagement. Isn't that sweet? It's odd, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah, That's but odd. sweet. I'm telling you something. Go to the Home Run Derby format. That's... Yeah. Turn on the uh, satellite, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go live to Atlanta now, where they're getting ready for tonight's World Series game.
4: nice for them to uh, drag out the uh, traffic package.
3: I like that they recycled the old CBS MLB intro for that.
4: I just said that, yeah. Calvin, I
2: know that is. I'm Dave, and
1: so are the Yankees. Nice to see you. How are things down there in Fulton County Stadium? Great. <laughs> this man is really a wordsmith, isn't he? Oh, he has man. a way of capturing the electricity and the excitement and putting it into just a few short, succinct phrases. Yeah. Uh, Calvert, uh, were people pretty upset about the uh, Yankee uh, victory last night down there in Atlanta?
2: No, not really. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the Yankee victory didn't trouble the Atlanta fans at all. Is that what you're saying?
2: That's what I'm saying. They,
1: they're they not under the impression this was an exhibition game, are they, Calvert?
2: Oh, of course not. Yeah? Calvert, do you have somebody there to chat with us tonight? Yeah. Yes, I do. All I'm right. here with home run hitter Jim Laird. And oh, ben, Jim Laird. Yeah. Oh,
4: Look yeah. at those guns, son.
1: Jim, yeah. yeah. congratulations. Big game last night. Nice going. Everybody ready right. for tonight's game?
0: Yeah, we're getting ready tonight. We want to come home and win it there in New York.
1: Yeah, and uh, were you surprised? Lo- All right. Were you surprised to learn that nobody in Atlanta was disappointed about the Braves getting beat last night? I think they were a little disappointed down here, Dave. We yeah. were out a little bit last night, and they weren't too happy. Yeah, I would think so. Tell <laughs> that to your friend.
2: Uh, <laughs> all right, Calvert, go ahead. Ask him some questions. Yes, I do. As a catcher, <laughs> do you enjoy squatting? Uh, it's it a little troublesome, troublesome sometimes, but uh, it's, it's part of the job, and I got to do it. Well, do you have a name for your bat? Actually, I have a couple bats, uh, but I don't have any personal names for them, no. Well, how about Debbie? <laughs> Debbie? That's a nice name. Does George Steinbrenner ever join you fellas in the shower? No, that's off-limits to of the owner. <laughs> and then shower. Now, <laughs> would you like a good luck hug?
4: Can I trust you?
2: Me, yes. I'm
4: okay,
2: okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh.
4: If you can't trust Calvert Sports, who can't you trust? Huh.
3: That's a new thing. You know what? People should name their bats.
4: I named my bat Harry.
3: Harry. Harry Alexander.
0: Hey, I I, named my bat. Hey, I named my leg, okay? You don't mess with old Betsy. Betsy. Cool. Old Betsy I thought, I thought Betsy
4: was the name of your guitar hero controller.
0: No, no. Well, uh, unless uh, you know my leg is like Oh, come on. Bad water brother, man. Water brother. Okay, I'm going to show you old Betsy. Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean you, you can name your bat and you, you name your prosthetic leg, of course. Uh, But uh, one thing I will say is Larry Bud Melman, or in this case, Calvert DeForest, since we're at CBS at this point, Calvert DeForest at the World Series is no Biff Henderson at the Super Bowl.
3: No. No? No, by no means. Uh, I always loved when they would send Biff to wherever to do some comedy gold.
4: And and Uh, And the beauty of it is, because it's CBS Sports, and we'll talk about this next year, They could do that.
0: Yeah, that's one of the, I I don't want to say a few uh, recurring segments I uh, always uh, can't wait to see on Letterman. But it's up there with like the Halloween costumes. Yeah, we got to see uh, what mischief Biff Henderson is going to do at the Super Bowl this year.
3: Or or the uh, the J. Thomas Lone Ranger story every year.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes.
3: Leave everything to me. Citizen citizen oh yeah but you know what i gotta say larry bud melman one of the all-time great personalities and it was really fun doing this episode revisiting all the stuff he's done over the years or he did over the years for david letterman it was just such a treat to go back to it
0: well i will add he did more than just david letterman because actually, if you recall, when we did the Dana Carvey show, he was on the first episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was the, the Taco Bell Dana Carvey show. Yes,
3: the, the Taco Bell Dana Carvey show.
0: Yeah, that was the sponsorship on the first episode. Go listen to that episode if you want to know more about that.
3: Yeah, somewhere. It's somewhere in the 40s, I think.
0: It, it was, yeah, well, over well over a year ago at this point. I should also add that uh, Calvert Forest, Greg, I hope you're sitting down. What? He was on a final season episode of Wings. What? He was on season eight, episode 16, Escape from New York, and he didn't really have a big role. He was listed as Club Patron.
3: Club Patron.
0: That's it. Club Patron. Wow. But yeah, that would have been one of the last what probably like ten episodes?
3: Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what? I only hope he had a scene with Tony Shaloub.
0: Well, you know, if the Wings channel on Pluto TV ever gets out of the first and second season, we'll be able to find out.
3: Oh, yeah. I especially want to get to the uh to the later seasons just to get to the Amy Yazbek episodes.
0: And Tony Shalhoub.
3: And Tony, and more Tony Shalhoub. Oh, I can't forget about Tony Shalhoub because you know it did make his career. Yes, it did. It did. Hey, hey Greg. What?
0: The episode "Escape from New York" of Wings. Yeah. yeah. Is on YouTube.
3: Oh, hold up! You guys, link me it. At- All right, hold on, hold on, hold
0: on. Oh, wait seen. a minute,
3: I know what episode this is This is the episode Where Crystal Bernard really wants to see Rent I remember this episode as a kid I remember Crystal Bernard saying I want to go see Rent In that Texas drawl. <laughs> I want to see Rent in,
0: in that nice southern drawl she's got
3: <laughs> Here we go Into
2: a diva <laughs> You won't have to pay for it here, pal. This place is Babe City.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One line, and it was delivered so well.
3: It was
4: delivered as only
3: he could. And he gives the Larry Bud Melman laugh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then the following scene... Uh, apparently is in an apartment And guess who's on the screen Tony Shaloub.
3: Oh yes
0: th- th- This clearly did make his career
3: Oh yeah with Tim Daly Because this made his career This made Tony Shaloub's mm-hmm. career We all know that And by the way Crystal Bernard she really wanted to see Rant She wants to see Rant I remember this episode so much as a kid <laughs> It all stuck in my mind Crystal Bernard really wanted to see Rent.
4: <laughs> Stop wasting her 525,600 minutes, guys.
3: Well, who wouldn't want to see Rent? Come on. I, I, I want to see Rent. It has Daryl from Adventures and Babysitting sitting in it.
0: Oh, my gosh. I'm who, sorry. Who's
3: now on Star Trek Discovery,
4: Chico? Yeah, I know. I know this.
0: Okay, I, I have regrets looking at the IMDB of this episode. Why? Uh just one of the names of one of the drag queens. Okay. I, I, I'm not even joking. Is this Jizzle Drizzle level? Uh, approaching it, but not Jizzle Drizzle level. Ginger Vitus. <laughs>
4: that's actually and, 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 that's actually not bad. I mean I've heard far and, worse. And,
0: Wait, wait, wait. And, and then the other one, the other drag queen, was named Eva Destruction. <laughs> Ginger Vitus
4: and Eva Destruction. I'm surprised they haven't been in a season of Drag Race.
0: Oh, jeez. Uh, I'm, I'm looking into that. Oh, God. Uh, w- well, the, the, looking at uh, the person who played Ginger... I can't say with a straight face. The person who played Ginger Vitus on... on uh, uh, the IMDB this person named Jasmine J A Z Z M U N not even joking made her fa- first national television appearance on the 1980s talent variety show putting on the hits
4: oh. Oh, i Alec love putting Busset on the hits. And his uh, Alec bosset and his man perm for the win
0: putting on the hits was oh. That that was Saturday night in the Klaus house back in the mid '80s. When
3: Showtime at the Apollo couldn't do it, putting on the hits,
0: putting on the hits was like 7:30 Saturday night, and the entire family watched it. And we they probably saw me- Jasmine, and we enjoyed Jasmine.
3: <laughs> what if ginger vitus was on putting on the hits? <laughs> ginger vitus is on putting on the hits. It would be even better. Ginger Vitus on the Jizzle Drizzle.
0: Oh, boy. Oh, no. Oh, jeez. I have nothing for that.
3: Well, unfortunately, Calvert DeForest left us on March 19th, 2007, at the age of 85. Actually, according to Truth by Consensus Wikipedia, actually died in West Islip, New York. That's not too far
4: from where you <laughs> are, right? Yeah,
3: not too far from where I live, no. So... Yeah. But you know what he left behind a legacy of entertainment for all of us to enjoy.
0: Yeah, definitely yep. an icon.
4: There'll never be anyone like him. No. no.
0: I don't I couldn't even think of any sidekick or uh companion on a late night show that might even compare to that. I mean the best I could probably come up with And and albeit, you know, the show just ended, is Andy Richter on Conan.
3: Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, we don't really have, like, sidekicks on Late Night anymore.
0: Nope. And and we definitely don't have, like, uh, these characters like Larry Bud Melman.
3: I mean, the closest we have to, like, a Larry Bud Melman-ish character is probably Yaya from Jimmy Kimmel or Guillermo. Why not both? Oh, why not both? Yeah, that is true. Guillermo's like the closest we have to a modern-day Larry Bud Melman.
0: Well, you know, I'm going to make a parallel, and this is a real stretch. Larry Bud Melman was on Hollywood Squares. Guillermo was on Celebrity Name Game, and he was the worst celebrity ever. on <laughs> Celebrity oh.
3: Name Game.
0: He was on Celebrity Name Game for like a week, and he was horrible. He was like an albatross, just hanging around uh, contestants' necks.
3: Could you imagine Guillermo and Yaya on Celebrity Name Game? Oh Jesus! <laughs> Could you? Imagine?
0: Oh no! That'll be the first four-hour-long show because it'll take them that long to get the the three thousand dollars. <laughs> oh no!
3: Oh Jesus! Oh,
0: there's rules against that.
3: <laughs> but you know what, Larry Bud Melman. This month, we celebrate your 100th birthday, and you gave us many memorable things on TV. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha ha ha! Ha ha
0: ha ha To that, I raise my Dr. Pepper.
3: I raise my Coke. I have nothing in my cup, but if I did, I'd salute Larry right now. Well, guys you can always go to our website it was a thing on tv.com where we have so much material on our website now we have over 200 episodes worth of material on there now just amazing from regular episodes to minisodes to director's cuts to live shows just oh my god
4: and that's not counting the stuff we have over at place to be nation
3: oh no because of course as i mentioned this week we released The director's cut of the Bicentennial Minute. Just an incredible episode to construct for you guys. And two hours, over 20 minutes worth of additional material in that episode. You're going to love it. Go over there. And we'll eventually release it onto our regular feed sometime in the next couple of months. And And, and
4: eventually also onto our YouTube. And speaking of our YouTube, don't forget to go to our YouTube page. Like us. Subscribe, remember, give us a like because positive vibes, and don't forget, subscribe to us and hit the bell in order to stay updated on future entries, like the two
3: we have next week. Oh, next week, guys. Hey, guys. We're finally going to cover the Olympics on this podcast.
0: Yeah, we had a year delay, but hey, it's coming up.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And we've been saving these five episodes for you for the last year. And trust me, you're going to enjoy this next batch of five episodes. And you're really going to enjoy them. Starting next week, we're going to present one of the biggest bombs in television history. We're starting off this with a bang.
4: Yep. And then... Getting inside the mind of one of the chillest swimmers ever to take to an
3: olympic
0: size pool.
3: Hey, guys, I got a question. How many swims are we going to give this episode?
0: Oh, it's going to be at least 10.
3: 10 swims. In swims. 10 swims. 10, yeah. 10, 10 or 12, maybe even 15. I'll say this, 75 swims, because as we all know, guys, if you're a man at night, you got to be a man in the morning. <laughs> There you go. Oh
0: my God! And that's
4: all coming up next week on It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.
2: Wow! This has been a Melman production.